Hello and welcome to Checkflix. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell, and today we are talking about Mr. and Mrs. Smith and the Long Kiss Goodnight. But first, let's catch up. What are you into, Bridget? Mackenzie, let's have a reckoning with Mayor of Easttown, because we're okay. both watching it. Uh, I put it on my list, even though it's funny, it's like HBO in particular has become almost like too adept at making these limited series, crime dramas, uh, true crime-esque TV shows uh, that I am like in an unhealthy cycle with this uh, production company where I'm like, I will watch anything that fulfill <laughs> that has, uh, you know, like prestige actresses acting their butts off solving right. crimes like they just have a stranglehold on me and i'll watch it no matter if it's particularly good or even bringing nothing new to the genre <laughs> right yeah i think it's hard for me to tell if everyone's talking about it because it's based near philly yeah because i think like so much of my like facebook circle is yeah. like or instagram is like philly based now and so everyone's talking about it because they're like, oh, yeah. Wawa, the yeah. accents, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Delco. Uh, so it's strange to me that probably the rest of the country is also talking about it because it does feel so like hyper local. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, I do think you're right that it's not bringing anything new. It's just like messy detective Mm-hmm. Uh, small town drama, dead exactly, girl. exactly. And I think like Kate Winslet's really good in it. Mm-hmm. Jean Smart's really good in it. This is mm-hmm. a Jean Smart week for me because my mm-hmm. other rec is about her as well. Sweet. Um, but yeah, it's not bringing anything particularly new. And I do get the uncomfortable feeling while watching this that it is like copaganda. Like every detective show is copaganda. Right. Uh, and I, I think like a really like pernicious myth that these shows sell us pretty convincingly is that like in order to be a good cop or a good detective you have to break the law like you have to right care so much about solving your case that nothing will stop you yeah. uh like a spoiler for mayor of east town because it's still like being released but mm-hmm. at one point she plants cocaine on her like daughter-in-law who's an addict yeah you and know heroin i think heroin yeah, yeah. it's yeah and- it's terrible yeah, and that's not even has anything to do with her case, you know, and right. she's going to she got suspended, but she's going to still keep working it. And right. it just plays into this myth that like cops are have a calling to do a higher <laughs> to serve a higher justice. And if they break rules or bend rules along the way, you know, it's because they're right. working for the ultimate good or whatever. So that's like very annoying <laughs> that this is such a dominant form of entertainment that I enjoy too. Yeah, you know? I know. Uh, it's like I can't like of course I'm like oh, I can't wait to see what happens next. I know. <laughs> I know definitely. And uh so that's annoying. Um but I am enjoying it. I think yeah. the the actresses in it are really worth watching and I love that Kate Winslet lo- like looks like she's in her 40s and um you know still obviously like super right. gorgeous and beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I like that as well. I love Jean Smart as her mom, and mm-hmm. that'll be my segue into the next rec I have. Also on HBO, I'm an HBO fool, I guess. <laughs> uh, it's called Hacks, and it stars Jean Smart as this Joan Rivers-esque comedian, stand-up comedian, who has been at a Las Vegas residency for, like, years and years and years. She's incredibly wealthy, and she does these, you know, like, kind of hacky, I guess, um, stand-up routines that are pretty, like, rote at this point. And her, the management for this, uh, like, casino she performs at 
lets her know that she's like not pulling in the same amount of money anymore and they threaten mm-hmm. to replace her with like a dubstep pentatonics like trio or whatever because <laughs> that's what like people want to see now and to compromise she agrees to let her talent agency send her a young writer from LA to punch up her material and the young writer from LA is this queer woman who has recently been canceled online because she made like a risky joke about uh, calling out a politician for being homophobic and implying that he's like a closeted gay man so she gets canceled for that like loses all her her deals and her writing gigs and so is forced then to also work with this aging comedian mm-hmm. and it's funny because it's like these two women who really have nothing in common except like kind of like their love and commitment to comedy mm-hmm. and uh it's just fun to watch Jean smart is so fun and good and everything i love her uh, I feel like we're in a Jean Smart renaissance. Mm-hmm. Uh, HBO keeps putting her in stuff. She was so good in Watchmen. Um, so I'm enjoying it. But it also does feel like both of my recommendations this w- week for like media <laughs> I'm consuming are like half-hearted. Because I like mm-hmm. Hacks, but it also feels like one of those shows where you're going to forget about it as soon as you're done watching it. You uh, know? Yes. Like mm-hmm. mid-tier, fun to watch, but not like earth-shattering or yeah, yeah. kind of like... Uh, I already forget the name of the show about the woman with the microchip in her brain. Um, wow. And I just watched it. Made for love. Made for love. You know, yeah. it's, it's exactly in that same tier of content. Okay. My last recommendation is Crying in H Mart, a memoir from Michelle Zahner of Japanese Breakfast. It's about her, um, her mother's like dying of cancer in 2014, I think. Uh, and it was, it was such a hard read, but I could not put it down. Um, like I would fall asleep reading it and wake up in the morning and read it. Um, Mm. really, really difficult read, but, um, such a great story and felt very life affirming, not only because it was about like the death of a loved one, but it was also threaded throughout with, um, like understanding the importance of like food in your Mm. life and how like food connects you to different people. So Mm. it felt like, wow, I'm like crying and I'm hungry. Um, (laughs) you know, so that was it was I guess yeah just like life affirming to read and you know will make you want to go and hug the people you know and enjoy them because we're all just flying through the world on a rock in space (laughs) that is also dying (laughs) Mackenzie what are you into this week I uh like everyone else watched Invincible on Amazon which is a cartoon superhero show like for adults um Mm -hmm. and maybe kids probably not though because there's a lot of like violence um and i am not i'm not a big i'm not a marvel fan Mm -hmm. like i'm not i don't like i didn't watch the boys i don't like the umbrella academy i'm just like burnt out on superhero stuff but i've really really enjoyed this and i think you know I think part of what made it different um, was because it was a cartoon. I feel like it's been a really long time since I've watched like a superhero cartoon thing. Um, (laughs) And it was really good. um, I think the thing that did like draw me to it was like the uh, cast probably Mm -hmm. and just people talking about it on Twitter like Steven Yeun based uh voices the main guy and jk simmons voices his dad um which was weird to watch like because i know jk simmons voice from yeah being tenzin in cora yeah, uh 
And he plays a very, very different character in this, but um, he just has like a very fatherly voice. Um, And it does a, I think does a really good job at tackling like it's an it's an extremely like violent show like i said and it is very like adult in a lot of ways but it's also i think um dealing with things like uh problems that a lot of adolescents like sort face for the first time in terms Mm -hmm. of maybe realizing that their parents aren't who they think they are or realizing that they like sort of have to do things on their own and can't rely on their parents, uh, which I think is like, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but like a very difficult thing. Um, so I, I really liked Invincible and it is one of the things that I like keep thinking about. Um, and I'm excited for more to come out cause it's also just like really well directed, I think. Um, and interesting. So, yeah. <clears throat> and I watched it all in like a day. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to watch it then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, And then the second thing I'm into is the show Shrill on Hulu with starring A.D. Bryant. Um, Mm -hmm. I had watched the first season when it first came came out, and then I hadn't watched the second season uh, till this week. And then I also watched the third season, which just recently came out, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. And. I really like it. It's a really like funny and I think like unique show um, that it's nice to see like a fat woman being like, I'm fat and that's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and like being sexy and like, you know, desired. Ha- yes. Yeah. I, um, there, I would say that her like love interest in the third season is the guy who plays, uh, in Mindhunter, the murderer. Yes! Who- <laughs> um, and he has such a cute name, too. Shh. I mean, you can keep talking. I'm going to find it out. I'm going to have it channeled to me. <laughs> he's such. He's a really cute name. I'm always like, that's such a cute name. But I will say, and I will say that I, his voice is so distinctly, for me, that, that murderer, <laughs> that it was a little weird for me. Even though he seems like totally different, and actually the voice is like a very kind sounding voice, but I think it was just, just so creepy like, in that context. Yeah, <laughs> his name is Cameron Britton. Oh, yeah, and yeah. he's very cute too. So it's like I said, I'm like, oh, he is kind of creepy because he played this <laughs> murder. Well, that was his breakout role. Yeah. yeah, and it was a very effective performance, obviously. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so yeah, Shrill was really good. I think this season ended with her, this season, I think focused a lot. The third season focused a lot on like her friendship with her roommate, Fran. And I really liked that, but also it was very, sometimes it was sometimes like hard to watch. I feel like, um, but in a good way. (laughs) So love Shrill. Would love to talk about it with people. Um, yeah. So the third and final thing I'm into is the Children of Blood and Bone um, series by Tomi Adeyemi. And it's uh, set in this like fictional African country um, and about uh, 
this tyrant king sort of that like got rid of magic and this girl um Zaylee is trying to bring it back um along with the princess of the country and um there's also her brother the prince is involved and Zaylee's brother is also involved so um it's just like a really fun uh like YA fantasy Mm-hmm. Um, book it has like very familiar tropes like enemy to lover romance which Ugh. I fucking love <laughs> yeah 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 uh, I remember that part <laughs> um, and like they ride large animals around awesome the country <laughs> um, but it's very um, it, I'm actually listening to it on Libby. So, and the performance, I should actually look up the woman's name who's reading it. Um, but she's doing such a good job with all the it. different characters. Like, it's one of the best, like, uh, audiobooks I think I've listened to. Um, her name is Bonnie Turpin, I think. Um, she does a really good job reading this book. Um, I, I recommend listening to it if you are into that. I gotta finish them. I take your recommendation of a good when did uh, enemies to lovers seriously? Oh well, th- I mean, do you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. What? When? Where did you like leave off in the book? I read it last summer, so I'm. Ha- I probably won't remember it perfectly. I was probably like 200 pages in. Um. She. They were hooking up. The different three different plot lines were converging slowly. Okay, yeah, that's like the part where I felt like it like started picking up for me. I feel like it was okay. kind of hard to get into at first, but then yeah. when that started kicking up, the enemies to lovers thing, I was like, oof, okay. yeah, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it took it took four hundred pages. I'm still reading Priory of the Orange Tree, and it took four hundred pages to like consummate the secret forbidden lovers plot line there and i'm still like okay i have another 400 pages to go in this book <laughs> ah well Mackenzie, let's uh dive into a uh lovers enemies lovers plot movie <laughs> mr and mrs smith from 2005 <laughs> seamless introduction yeah very good <laughs> john and jane smith are an average super rich yuppie couple He works in construction, and she manages a hedge fund while also ensuring that there is a hot meal ready for her husband every night. They aren't having very much sex, and petty arguments over new curtains take on the weight of the entire marriage. Divorce seems imminent for the Smiths, dot, 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 until it is revealed they are both super-secret assassins who have been deceiving each other their entire marriage. Nothing rekindles a romance like a little gunpowder. Get it? Rekindles like fire, flame, (laughs) gunpowder. Because they shoot at Which each other. I really liked that. Yeah, thank you. I could have been better, but... No, I like. I thought it was good. <laughs> thank you. So this is my first... Uh, Mackenzie and I actually watched this movie together, IRL. Oh. I am on the East Coast now. Um, and this is my first time watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And it's, you know, 16 years old, which is kind of crazy. I think that watching it together did affect my viewing of the movie, too. I think that... Um, yeah. So this I've seen this movie a bunch of times. Uh, mm-hmm. I would probably, like when I was, like, a child, would have been, like, this is one of my favorite movies, <laughs> which is insane, but, uh, yeah. Um, 
And I think that, you know, some things have changed since then because I think, I think one thing that I thought like while watching it with you, I was like, oh shit, this is like really like, I was kind of like embarrassed that it was like uh, eroticizing domestic abuse, like kind of. Uh, And I was like, ooh, like I'd like, which I think I just probably didn't like catch on to as a child or like I was probably like this is just like the chemistry um but I think that uh sort of hit me in a different way this time and I also since watching it last have watched the documentary American Murder which is about a the Chris Watts uh Shanann Watts like murder uh and that documentary also just really like changed my yeah uh like obviously i like it's a thing where it's something that i know that like obviously like domestic abuse is like a huge problem and like men kill their wives all the time but i don't Mm -hmm. think i had seen something as like effective as Mm -hmm. that documentary where it's like it can literally happen to like anyone like and like you could have no warning that like yeah, a man will just like know. kill someone so uh i think those two things made me watch this movie a little differently yeah definitely i think it yeah but it's tough because it's a movie that's like really deeply attached to the two stars public personas and their mm-hmm. private lives as well mm-hmm. um like kind of difficult to untangle and i think the like context of watching it in 2005 and pretty much probably from 2005 to 2015 was like, you're watching two stars fall in love together and like, you can read it that way. And it's like their chemistry is so crackling and like, Mm -hmm. you can really feel it. And then when you watch it now, you're like, okay, these are two people who had a very public relationship. And, um, and you know, Angelina Jolie has accused Brad Pitt of domestic violence. You know, it's Mm -hmm. in the courts. Um, they're like a, a case is, currently being processed where her and her six kids are like willing to testify about it and that Mm -hmm. that absolutely colors this movie because the violence like you mentioned is so um intimate in this film Mm -hmm. and they definitely could have i guess this is jumping into like the action scenes a bit more but they definitely could have staged the fight scenes in a way i think that didn't make it feel like it was a husband and wife trying to like a husband trying to kill a wife you know right i think if it had been and I, I get the reason why they wanted to have those scenes of them like hand to hand combat because right. it felt like more intimate. But I think it could have been avoided pretty easily if it had just, you know, kept to a gunfight, which is crazy right. for me to be like, maybe gun violence is the answer. Well, no, I think also it's I think it's like colored a different way as well, because Brad Pitt's character, mm-hmm. John Smith, makes a bunch of like killing wife jokes during the yes. movie, too, yes. that jane never makes like he says to his therapist at one point he's like you know i love my wife i really do but sometimes i just want to like and then he like makes the gesture like of strangling her which is like yeah it's just like what like i said like especially after watching that documentary of like who would joke about that you know yeah it's just that in itself is abuse (laughs) right it's just very yeah i think if they had just got maybe they if that would have been like all it took is just to like get rid of those like jokes where he's like i just want to like or he'll he'll um like after jane does something annoying he'll like uh 
like punch the air or something, you know, like things like yeah. that where it's like yeah. there's never that urge from Jane to be violent randomly after like an argument. And I think that is something that's different for like obviously shown as different for this like man. He's like 100 percent. He he has like this urge to be violent in a fight. Um mm-hmm. And I think that if they had gotten rid of that and instead of just been like, oh, they're fighting because they're spies or not spies, assassins. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Yeah. It's confusing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they're fighting because they're assassins and not because like this uh, man is frustrated and has the urge to be violent. I think that would have made a difference. Exactly. If Yeah. I think that's a really good distinction. This movie is directed by a dude named Doug Lyman and written by Simon Kinberg, who this was his master's thesis script for graduate school and i was like this is your master thesis script you know (laughs) i think that uh uh, yeah like to underline what you're saying too i think that like i don't know a woman Uh, in the script might have recognized some of these weird weird things and brad pitt has a lot of scenes with vince vaughn where they're basically just like women are crazy like yeah all women are bad that are also really regrettable to watch but it's still a fun movie i think because it relies so much on like the chemistry of the stars the costuming and the action that you can kind of like overlook a lot of the other big grievances Mm -hmm. uh as bad as they are Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then there are there's so there's like that level of where we were picking up on like eroticized domestic violence that was uncomfortable and then there are the more obvious funny gender dynamics at work in the movie Mm -hmm. like jane is a female spy so she keeps her weapons in the oven and -hmm. works for an all girl boss agency and john is a man so his uh, weapons are in the shed (laughs) right and i think that that was like deliberate and like supposed to be funny like which i think is commentary yeah yeah which i think is like which i do think is actually funny like i think that I mean that the weapon thing I think is like kind of too on the nose, but there is like mm-hmm. a a whole like um, argument about curtains that I think is really kind of smart actually, and also the way it's like framed is they're like l- talking to each other but literally can't see each other because there's like a chandelier in the way, um, which yeah. I think is just funny that it's like yes, you are letting these like stupid like uh like for the presence of like things get in the way of your like actual intimacy. Yeah. Um, definitely. So I think I thought that was good, but Mm -hmm. yeah, there like exists a shadow version of this film where it more deeply engages with like what I think is kind of an unwitting thesis statement perhaps, which is that like traditional heterosexuality is bad, but I don't think the movie actually wants to go there. I think it's just like, we were unhappy because we were both playing these roles, you know, a cover, a cover story for them being spies without like actually being like the cover, the cover story was that you were, it, it, you like falling into a gender dynamic that made you both unhappy, you know? Yeah. Um, Well, I think honestly, I feel like, I do, I do think the movie maybe goes there. I feel like that's, like, kind mm-hmm. of what the movie is about. Um, and I don't know if there's, like, another way. I, and it, it, I don't think it's, like, that deep. Like, I don't think it's that impressive to, like, go there. Sure. That, like, you know, heteronormativity is bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah. it actually, to me, it makes perfect sense that it's, like, a master's thesis. Because it's, like, you know, it's, like, 
not that deep. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, a, like a student wrote this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, totally, one hundred percent. Oh, one thing that did make me relieved in the movie is I was trying to think about the logistics of Angelina Jolie being a spy, having to pretend to be a hedge fund manager, and then also on top of that, her third job being to cook for her husband every night. And right. so when they address that in the movie and she's like, I've actually never cooked for you, I was like, I'm glad they brought that up. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was like a plot hole, almost like a the world building there was, I just couldn't understand how many yeah. hours of the day this woman had. So that right. was funny. I did enjoy I, that. Yeah. When you were like, when you mentioned that in the beginning of the movie, you were like, how does she do this? And then I was like, just wait. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is, in, this is truly insane. Um, also worth noting, and this is on the movie's Wikipedia page, um, Jane and John meet in Bogota, uh, Colombia. And the Bogota they portray in the movie is like, tropical humid rough and tumble full of terrorists um kind of like a village <laughs> in the mountains and then like the actual city in colombia is you know it's in like a cold weather climate it's mm-hmm. a city it's very urban mm-hmm. and it's not you know like a lawless land right. and um <laughs> i think like people criticized it at the time for that um mm-hmm. which is good because right. it was, it did seem like very lazy screenwriting to just be like, let's just send them to South America. Yeah, it's also like very like those memes where it's like whenever a uh like American film is oh my supposed God. to be in like Mexico, it has like this yellow like tint. Yes. Yeah, I know it that's an exa- that's exactly it, what that it's vibe. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's like. This is such mm-hmm. an early two thousands movie, uh, not only because of like all of the different like cinematic tropes in it, but also because like it's Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie's origin story and they've right. been like the biggest celebrity couple for most of our lives. Right. Um, Angelina Jolie is someone I actually haven't watched in that many films. I've never seen mm. Laura Croft. Mm. Um, I think I watched The Changeling with her, which is like a drama. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't really meet a uh, girl interrupted. I can't mm. really think of that many Angelina Jolie roles I've watched. And this one was really fun to watch because she is so magnetic And she just like has a relationship with the literal screen, you know, like, yeah, she connects so much with the camera. Right. Yeah. It's really impressive. Um, I do think that, yeah, everyone in this movie is very charismatic. Like Mm -hmm. it just is like oozing charisma. Like it's similar to what we were talking about when we talked about ocean, the oceans movies. It's just like, this is a movie about movie stars. Like, so that's what makes it really fun. Like, it's still fun to watch as much as, like, I feel like it was a different experience this time because of uh, domestic abuse, obviously, which is very, like, upsetting. I think it still mm-hmm. manages to, like, be a very, like, charming movie in a lot of ways. But <laughs> I don't know if I should say that, but. No, I, I, it's it's complicated, you know. Right. Um, Angelica Jade Bastian in Vulture writes that uh, Doug Lehman, the director, knew that their presence in front of the camera was the simplest wonder of his film, allowing the story to be less a defining moment in cinema and more a defining moment in the history of Hollywood stardom, which is like a good way to put it. You know, it's like the movie is unremarkable, but it's the stars and their story on and on camera that makes it kind of noteworthy still. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I remember... At the time when they first got together, 
um, or like in the first years they got together. I can remember Angelina giving um, an interview where she was like, it's crazy that our kids will be able to watch a movie and be like, this is my parents falling in love. Yeah, true. And it's very weird to think about it, especially knowing, like you said, that domestic abuse happened like actually in their relationship. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, it is. And it's something that, you know, like Brad Pitt really escaped like that story is recent. I think in March of this year, uh, Mm -hmm. it came out that she was accusing him of domestic violence. And I feel like it's gone unremarked upon, you know, like Brad Pitt Mm -hmm. was at the Oscars, you know, his partner, like over 10 years accused him of something. His kids are, it has a lot of parallels in some ways to like Woody, Woody Allen, you know, where Mm -hmm. it's like, um, these two huge stars and Angelina even has like a ton of children in the same way that Mia Farrow did. Um, like there's a lot of like interesting parallels there and reading some of the articles that mention, this domestic violence claim going through um, the court system. <laughs> There's a lot of anonymous sources that are like, this is just breaking Brad's heart. Like, uh, right. you know, Brad said this isn't true. And this is Angelina did it to hurt him and to like get it in the, the news or whatever. And it, right. it perfectly parallels the Woody Allen, Mia Farrow press uh, stories from, right. you know, 20 years ago. So really weird. Yeah. Well, Mackenzie, any uh, last thoughts about Mr. And Mrs. Smith? Um, the costuming, we haven't talked about that, but very good. Oh my gosh. So good. (laughs) And all Angelina, like she Mm -hmm. is put in so many beautiful, beautifully tailored pieces of clothes. She does have a scene where she appears as a dominatrix while on a mission Mm -hmm. and you're just like, whoa, your jaw drops. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's like a gif that goes around where she takes like a knife out of her hair and like shakes out her curls and it's very sexy it's super sexy she just looks great i think both women in the two movies we're talking about today both assassin women are like look really really fucking good like yeah (laughs) some of the hottest people on cinema yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah for sure (laughs) and i'm excited to watch the new um angelina jolie movie that just came out oh me too those who wish me dead yes on hbo because i you're right i haven't seen like when i think of like a star i think of her almost immediately but i haven't actually seen her in that many things yeah i think about it yeah and i know she's been acting less and trying she has like other projects that she works right. on and she's she's directed a few movies too yeah. and they only appeared together in one other film that she directed by the sea which is yeah. supposed to be good um yeah i'm excited to see that too uh mm-hmm. i'm also i wanted to mention that for some stupid reason this is being rebooted by donald glover and phoebe waller bridges and I saw people online when that news came out being like this, the property is good because they have such crackling chemistry and like yeah. are Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge is going to have chemistry. Yeah. I can imagine it being like, just like a completely different type of movie that is like only tangentially related to this original one, because mm-hmm. I don't think it can be like a similar thing. I can imagine it being like, cause Phoebe Waller-Bridges is so good at playing like a messy character yeah i can imagine it being interesting because of that mm-hmm. definitely but not because of this like you know sex pot star movie mm-hmm. star energy Quality. that yeah. is the reason why mr and mrs smith works so well which yeah. so like roger ebert in his review said this is a movie star romance in which the action picture serves as a location, which I also think is a good way of thinking of it. I Ooh, like wow, to think yeah. of like, at like 
it being just like a set dressing, like an mm-hmm. action movie for a romance. Yeah, that is a good way of thinking of it. And that's how a lot of the action functions in the film, too. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, I like I like Phoebe Waller's Bridges and I like Donna the Glover separately. Yeah. But I just feel like sometimes Hollywood is just like, they're so interested in, like, big names that they, I don't think they always think if, like, people are going to have chemistry together, mm-hmm. you know? Or, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They must test it, though, right? Like, yeah, I guess. I'm trying to think of a, an example of people that, two people that did not have chemistry. I'm trying to think, too. I feel like it happens in the Marvel movies all the time. Oh, yeah, 100%. We were actually just talking about this off mic, uh, but I was like Googling. um, Why was I? I, It was because of Gina Davis that I was looking it up. It had to do with the podcast, but then I got into looking up how many people they made Black Widow kiss, um, which actually wasn't that many, but they did make a lot of people like flirt with her. They like tease romantic plot lines with her so much. Uh, She's had such unconsistent characterization throughout all of like the 18 movies she's been in i remember watching one and they had her like reuniting with a different group of avengers and she gave all of it was like her and chris evans reuniting with the other avengers and she gave all of the men hugs and then chris evans just like nodded and i was like oh so she's a maternal type who gives hugs like you know i just thought that was so weird like she's just like hugging everyone i don't know i was like why is she hugging everyone it's the same it's like her hair everyone criticizes like her hair being so different in every movie and like terrible and it's like kind of the same with her character it's like it is it's so true it's so true and honestly the marvel movies are so unsexy period right Uh, they have a lot to learn from mr and mrs smith yeah i would say so yeah well um let's jump into these one-star reviews uh this one says why on earth did their respective agencies try and secretly set them up to face to face each other instead of just flat out eliminating them with bullets to the head in their offices? It's a good thing those agencies set hitmen hitmen by the dozens who couldn't shoot straight. This whole plot was extraordinarily dumb. Yeah. What a, yeah. Well, I mean, there true. wouldn't be a movie. Exactly. It would the movie would be over. Yeah. <laughs> uh the second one star review is This is one of the movies that makes me want to move to Paris, learn French, and forget all about the idea of Hollywood. I went to this film because I was forced. I tried to fight it, but it was no good, and thought to myself, okay, I'll give in. It can't be that bad. Maybe the action will be good. Wrong! (laughs) (laughs) This one says, after having just seen this movie, which, by the way, I was really looking forward to, I just have one question. Brad, was this piece of garbage movie worth your marriage? Ooh. Well, is this Jennifer Aniston? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, Jennifer Aniston probably looks back on this and it's like, I dodged a bullet. Yeah. I mean, maybe she maybe she was abused, too. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? She then got to she married Justin Theroux after. And I know they're not together either, but he is an exceptionally sexy man. So I can't picture him. Oh, you got to watch The Leftovers. Oh, okay, okay, Yeah. Um, I'm going to rate this movie a five. Just God. Meh. Yeah. Um, I'll probably also like, I'll probably also rate it a five. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I still do think it's like really fun to watch. And I think, um, mm-hmm. I think in Angelica Jade Bastion's review, she says something like, they just like seem to have their own internal light like yeah literally like they are stars like yeah um and i think that is like the that is 
maybe the movie relies too heavily on that. And I just think the domestic abuse thing like hit me too hard this time. And I was like, Ooh. It was rough. When we were watching it together, we were yeah. like, yikes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. So I think probably like when I was younger, I probably would have rated it like a seven or something because I yeah. think it's just like that magnetic. But mm. now that I'm older, can't can't do it. A five. <laughs> yep. Um, and our so our next movie is The Long Kiss Goodnight from 1996. Samantha Kane is a school teacher in a small town. She's also an amnesiac who can't recall the majority of her life, but this has never interfered with mothering her eight-year-old daughter or her relationship with her sweet, supportive fiancé. This all changes when Private Eye, Mitch Hennessy, digs up a clue to Samantha's murky past. She was once a deadly assassin named Charlene Baltimore. Samantha, the school teacher, must reconcile with her violent past, and Charlene, the spy, Let's learn to accept new love into her heart and life as a mother, partner, and friend. Okay, Charlie Charlene Baltimore is such a spy name. Yeah, it's it's a hot, especially that they shorten it to Charlie. I know. That hot, is pretty hot. Hot, hot, very hot. Um uh, interesting backstory to this movie is that it was well, first of all, it's written by Shane Black, who would go on to do Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man Three, The Nice Guys. He had like loves to set movies at Christmas time. Um, and Love have it. them be like spy or noir kind of. Uh, and at the time, New Line Cinema paid him a record $4 million for this script, which is crazy. Wow. Uh, and it was directed by Rennie Harlan, who was married to Gina Davis. And so this kind of like Mr. and Smith, there's some off-screen relationships at work here. Mm-hmm. She... Divorced him after he got her personal assistant pregnant, which yeah, is terrible, terrible. Yeah. And then on that same note, I looked up an interview with him from like a year ago, and this is his stupid idea for a sequel. And to be noted, like Shane Black wrote the movie, so I'm sure if Shane Black was going to do a sequel, he would have a better idea than this. But basically, he says the opening sequence, Gina Davis's character is murdered already. I'm like, why would yeah. I want to watch this then? Yeah, <laughs> And her daughter, who was five or six years old in the original, would now be in her 20s. She's in university. After her mother dies, she receives a mysterious package. Blah, 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 blah. Bad guys are sent after her. She's on the run. The only person that she knows could maybe help is Samuel Jackson's character. And then it becomes a road movie with Sam and Gina's daughter on the road. Stupid. Replacing yeah. a, 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 a woman who would be like in her 50s with her daughter. Stupid. Yeah. Hate it. <laughs> And I love Gina Davis. Underrated hottie. She's so hot. She's crazy hot in this movie. And I think uh, a thing that makes her so hot is that she's hot as a brunette and as a blonde. Like she just does both really Mm -hmm. well. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And she she just has great bone structure. I was thinking that it's like she has like a kind of similar look to Angelina Jolie and that she has like great Mm -hmm. cheekbones and like very nice lips. She's like a (laughs) hyper feminine face, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. super feminine looking. Um, and this movie has a makeover scene where she goes, she sheds literally her school teacher persona <laughs> by cutting off her like long brown curly hair and dyeing it platinum blonde mm-hmm. and like wearing all this eye makeup. So I, I'm i interested to hear what you thought of this movie because I watched it for the first time as an adult like a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and you and, really liked it. You recommended yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I also really liked it. I thought yeah. that... Um, it's it was cool to like watch a woman like realize that she's strong 
in like a yeah. very unique way, like a, mm-hmm. a very unique and like literal way. <laughs> where yeah. She's like, she like forgot who she was and is now like, oh, I can like, I'm like very capable of these things that mm. I just like didn't like know about myself. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, and it also, yeah, I think the like grappling with two different like personalities literally in this mm-hmm. way because she uh forgot who she was and then remembered and sort of was mm-hmm. trying to then forget who ha- she had become i think mm-hmm. it was also just very interesting uh like reconciling those two parts of herself um and i also loved samuel L. jackson in this movie he was yes. so like um he was so like funny and sweet uh but also like um like good at being like vulnerable yeah uh i don't know i just i and he also was like a stylish king like (laughs) (laughs) yes he's so good in this there's he is really vulnerable uh like there's this one scene where he's like mostly naked like waiting for sam to come or waiting for charlie to come rescue him Mm -hmm. um you know and he he is kind of almost like this her sidekick you know like Mm -hmm. her human sidekick and she's a superhero Mm -hmm. um but he's helpful and they help each other Mm -hmm. uh they have great chemistry as well they're like but their chemistry is like that of a buddy buddy yeah like buddy cops or whatever work friends yes and every once in a while they try to push it into something more than that and i i think sometimes it makes sense like when the charlene charlie personality is kind of Mm -hmm. being recovered i think she really wants to reject the fact that she's a mother Right. And lives this domestic life. So she tries to like come on to Sam Jackson's character. And I think it kind of makes sense then. But I was, there's like another part where she kisses him. And I was like, eh, no, like, yeah, don't get into this. I, it's also, it's very, it does very much feel like, like someone kissing their friend, which is, yes. you know, fine. You know, I'm yeah. like, okay, just kiss each other it's, as friends. Like, it's fine. Like, you yeah. can do that. Like, you're yeah. about, you, you might die, like, and you want to kiss your friend. That's okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it it's never, it does it. never feel like romantic. Um, mm. It does mu- very much feel like they're friends, which I think is like a very, um, you know, it's a nice relationship to see on screen, like a, like a platonic um, mm-hmm. relationship between a man and a woman, a man and a woman. Nice. definitely and he is <laughs> he does look great the whole film he's um, so this is like the cutest he's ever looked in the first like scene you see him he has a bucket hat and he really works the bucket hat it's so really, cute yeah shout out to a podcast we know and enjoy uh would you kiss uh by some of our classmates from college and they have an episode on um Sam Jackson. And I think I can remember them posting pictures from this movie for that oh, episode. Sweet. And I was like, yes, he looks great in that movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, I, and he gets kind of a nice story arc, too, about kind of redeeming himself in the eyes of his kid as well. Um, and he was going to die in the original script. But apparently audiences, when they were testing that ending, was like, no, you can't kill Sam Jackson. And right. he was like, that's what he says in the movie, too. Like, you can't kill me, motherfuckers. Yeah, I love he, that. This movie has... It's funny because I think both Mr. and Mrs. Smith and this movie have totally reality-defying action scenes. Yeah. You know, like, that's just the nature of these movies. Right. This one, they're over-the-top crazy. Right. I think they seem more over-the-top because Gina Davis and Sam Jackson, like, get beat up a lot. Like, yeah. you kind of feel them take the hits more than Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt do. Mm-hmm. But 
they continue to survive. Like at one scene, Samuel Jackson is exploded through a window, goes through a sign outside and lands in a tree, falls from the tree into the snow and then just gets up and is ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I feel like that's very like, uh, 80s, 90s action film though, you know, like definitely. And uh, it's like almost camp in that way. It is almost camp. And like Gina Davis at the end of the movie to shoot the villain, like scales using Christmas tree lights, yeah. goes up and gets eye level on him and he's a helicopter, <laughs> shoots him and then crashes down through the Christmas tree lights. Yeah. Uh, it's very campy in that way. You're totally right. This movie would have been great to pair also with Die Hard because they're yes. both Christmas action movies. Yeah. Uh, about someone kind of saving their family. Mm-hmm. Um it's the Christmas message we all need. <laughs> and I don't think this isn't like a perfect movie. And I think it's so rare that we get female action stars approaching 40 that it feels mm. special or that a movie would even kind of like contend with like what happens to your identity when you become a mom. Right. Uh, yeah. But it, it it's not perfect. You know, like I think I think you highlighted one passage from a review that's like it definitely has some conservative ideas about Charlie at times being like the bad one because she has sex and oh yeah yeah um (laughs) I'm like what I highlighted what (laughs) (laughs) um this movie does have a lot of good like one-liners too which I like it does it like allows I think that um I think Shane Black was like this movie Mm. would have made more money because it didn't do well I think in the box office if the protagonist was a man but it also like would not have made sense I feel it wouldn't like. have made sense at all yeah because so much of the what makes this movie interesting like you were saying is like what happens to your identity when you become a mother um uh-huh. how would that work with a man it's not it, like yeah, that different <laughs> exactly yeah i think it's just so different like um but yeah but this movie does have a lot of good one-liners that like allows her to be like sort of like raunchy and like mm-hmm. like she like, I love the line that you highlighted. What was it? Where it was like, suck my dick, every one of you bastards. I just love a woman saying suck my dick. Like, Yeah, I love that too. I love it. Uh, and she also still doesn't feel, to, like to Shane Black's credit, she doesn't feel like a man's idea. It's not like she's... Right. I don't know. And I think it works because she has like these two different personalities where like one of them is kind of like the cool girl personality and the other one is like a housewife um right. or she's she works she's a teacher but um i like that when she kind of starts at the very end of the movie to marry both of these sides of her together and is like mm-hmm. i'm both charlie and i'm samantha mm-hmm. you know she's saving her kid and she's like cracking jokes while like saving them you know she's like should we get a dog you know yeah. and uh <laughs> like just being just being like really cute and mm-hmm. um it's just i think rare to see the mom action movie period uh and that's why I originally like really connected with it. And I remember when I was a kid, my mom watching it on TV and she called me and she was like, you have to see this one scene. And it was the scene where she ice skates across <laughs> like a frozen. She just suddenly has ice skates on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, and I, I really like Gina Davis a lot. So me too. Love Gina Davis. Um, I also recently watched a league of their own and, had a lot of feelings watching it cried mm-hmm. a lot because it's, it's a sister movie yeah 
I like this from uh, Priscilla Page in Birth Movies Death. She writes that Charlie is the self-loathing killer that Charlene Baltimore grew up to be, a protective persona that a wounded child created for herself and the product of a world of violence that she grew up in. Samantha Kane was the woman Charlene once dreamed she'd become. And that the Long Kiss Goodnight's message is you can re- reconcile the warring and fucked up parts of you, that you can forgive yourself the sins of the past and that others will love you in spite of them. I'm happy they give her like a very happy ending at the Me too. end of the movie. I was reading one one-star review that was like, why would we root for a government assassin? Like, mm. and I was like, I don't think we are rooting. F- she's like, we're, I think you're like, Charlie was bad. Yeah. Oh, not- to- totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, it does seem like she had become Charlie, mm-hmm. the Charlie persona, like mm-hmm. the assassin as like a product of abuse or yeah. like she was taken advantage of as like a young person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, I think because she remembers Charlie because she's tortured and it's almost mm-hmm. like recovering like a traumatic yeah. memory, you know, like that her body remembers. Yeah. Right. Like that, um, like whole lifestyle was just like very traumatic. I feel like mm-hmm. um, truly what was going through the director's head when he gave that stupid answer about how he would make a sequel for you would kill Gina Davis like, <laughs> and you cheated on her with her personal assistant. Yeah, like, seriously. well, the insults never stop Rennie yeah. Harlan. <laughs> Dang. This is the first one-star review for this movie. Summary, overdone violence, insane left-wing conspiracy theories, and cartoon-like, unlikable lead characters who spew 50 F-words and 20 blasphemes. Uh, Once again, out-of-touch Hollywood still has no clue that the average moviegoers aren't in the sewer as they are, and consequently, this movie was a box office flop and lost millions of dollars. It's crazy to me that it was like critically and commercially a failure. Like Roger Ebert didn't like it either. And I kind of mm. almost didn't under. I feel like he l- didn't like it for the reasons I liked it. He- <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. I don't know. Like he was like, it's for, this is a movie for 14 year old boys. And I was like, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? That's weird. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was strange. This one star review says, let me start with the obvious. Miss Davis is a truly attractive woman who is also and primarily a truly terrible actress it not in some movies it is impossible it's possible for the movie to distract us from her but in this case the movie is pretty bad and no distraction i know that us girls should stick together but this is the very last time i'll give her the benefit of the doubt there is no doubt which i think she's good in this sorry i like gina davis me too i like her and this last one star review is too stupid to finish and then in parentheses tstf which i'm going to adopt as a (laughs) acronym i use (laughs) There is only one movie that I haven't finished because it was too stupid, or that I had, I finished it. I, mm. I've never not, I guess I've never not finished a movie, but mm. where I, um, I guess there are two, but the first was, um, I want to say by the sea, but that's totally wrong. It was deep blue sea, I think. Um, and it was with Tom Hiddleston and Rachel Weiss, and it was too much like a play. And I hate when movies do that. And the second was Batman vs. Superman. So bad. Batman vs. Superman was really really bad. Fucking terrible. Have you ever walked out of a movie theater? Almost for Batman vs. Superman, but I stayed and watched it. Yeah. I just, I hate Lex Luthor. Jesse Eisenberg was so bad. Wait, is that Uh, his name? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, correct. I almost walked out of three billboards 
outside of Ebbing's Missouri because mm-hmm. I thought it was such an offensive movie. I Oof. was like, this is... I still haven't seen that. So offensive. And then I also really wanted to watch it, Walk Out of Spring Breakers, but I was seeing it with friends. And I got <laughs> strapped. <laughs> it's like, I'm excited to go to movies again. going to start doing that. Me too. We so can do exciting. it together. Yeah. Oh my God, Bridget. Yeah. So cute. <laughs> Let's wrap this baby up. What is your rating for... The Long oh, yeah. Kiss Goodnight, which I think it's a great spy movie name, too. Yeah, that is a really good name. Um, it's sort of like uh, The Big Sleep, how we were, like, confused the about big the, oh, yeah. the Big Sleep, but it's like, oh, because of death. Yeah. Same yeah. thing here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I'm going to read this movie a six and a half. <laughs> uh, Very nice. And I think it's because I... I really like this movie um, because I think it was doing a lot of interesting things about like motherhood and mm-hmm. identity and um, but I'll, some of the action scenes did like lose my interest I think a little bit. Yeah. And they were like a little repetitive and yeah. honestly the plot and what was going on with the terrorists and the government was not compelling enough for me to want to pay attention to and also you could not understand it and the movie is fine. So it's yeah. like It yeah. was like the I we did read an article about like the conspiracy theory that like the CIA made nine eleven happen and this movie like alluded to it to, yeah. so that the CIA could get like more money from the government. Yeah, I had never heard that conspiracy theory before, so that yeah. was uh, it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely of its time in a weird way. Uh, I'm gonna read it a seven. I just love Gina Davis in it and Sam Jackson. Right. Um, yeah, and. If there was a sequel, I would watch it. But oh, not for sure. This stupid, dumb idea that what's his name came up with. Yeah, yeah. And it was Sam Jackson's favorite movie, which I think yeah. is so cute. So cute, and I, I love that he's like kind of a normal character in it too, compared to his other roles. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a sweet movie. It's a holiday movie. I'll probably watch it again around Christmas. Yeah, it, I really I loved their performances. Yeah. All right, all right. Chicks flicks. Chicks flicks. Chick flicks. Chick, chick Every flicks. time I, sell some, I tell someone to subscribe to the podcast, they say with an X, like chick flicks, huh? like Netflix, like FL. No. Like I mean, Netflix not a bad has idea. changed. But Netflix has like changed the perception of how flicks is written. Flicks. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? Maybe we should rebrand as chick flicks with an X. I don't think so. No. Okay. <laughs> Chick Flicks is researched and written by Bridget Hovell and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Tim Grieve Carlson for our music. Our next episode's going to air on May 31st, and we will be changing directions and discussing Wolfwalkers and the Secret of Kells. Yes. Uh, you can follow Chick Flicks on Instagram and Twitter at Chick Flicks Pod and email us at chickflickspodcast at gmail.com. And you could write us a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars only, please. All other stars, fuck off. We'll assume you're an incel. (laughs) But thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. (laughs)